good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of, and when I say I mean, I am your co-host, Adrian. And I am your co-host, Austin. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's coming on. It's Black Friday now. That's what it's called. You know, I was just thinking before I was going to say Happy Thanksgiving, I was going to say Happy Boxing Day. And then I realized that Boxing Day is the day after yeah, Christmas, yep. not the day after Thanksgiving. Yep. And so I think that we need a better name for the day after Thanksgiving instead of Black Friday. I agree, because Black Friday is a disgrace um, and should be purged from our collective consciousness. You know what's fun to think about, though? There could be people who are, like, Black shop, Black Friday shopping at midnight and actually listening to this podcast at midnight. That's true. Oh, well, that is exciting to think about. I hope none of you are, but if you are, welcome. It's midnight, and it's Black Friday. But in reality, it's Tuesday, and we're still at home. <laughs> yep. Um, like our respective homes. Right. Um, because we're not on vacation yet. Not yet. Bringing you well, all this hot content. From the past. Anyways, what did you do? Speaking of the past. So, speaking of Thanksgiving, I organized and hosted a Thanksgiving dinner on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. It went well. Uh, we thought we were going to have like 60 people come, and then 125-ish people came. Um so fortunately, we told people to bring food if they were interested in bringing food, and lots of yep. people did. Uh, though some of my fellow volunteers were not able to get food. Um, keep that in mind. We'll wrap back around to that. But okay. uh, it was great. We uh, talked about what Thanksgiving is, um, where it comes from, which I can tell you about if you're interested. Um but I'm pretty I, familiar. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Anyway, do people still dress up as pilgrims and American Indians in schools? I was wondering that the other day. You mean like we did when we were yeah. in elementary school? Yeah, that like I'm guessing that's a no, but Probably I'm also not. like would not be surprised if it's true. Maybe you can make it culturally sensitive. Uh, maybe. Um, though I feel like you cannot make it culturally sensitive enough to please everyone. That's just about everything in the world, probably. Yeah, no, absolutely. Anyway, uh, but it was really great. Um, I talked to a, an exchange student f- named Malik, I think, which mm-hmm. I think is also the name of a video game character, but I'm not really sure. I also think it's a type of acid. Oh, maybe. Anyway. Malic acid? She's from Turkey and then lived in Moscow and currently lives in Sweden, other than the fact that she lives in the United States right now. Um, And her first bachelor's degree was in Russian literature. Uh, So the times that I wasn't, like, organizing things or uh, talking about Thanksgiving – I was mostly talking about Russian literature. It was great because she has actually read, like, Russian authors who are currently alive. And I'm the only person other than her that I've met that has done such things. Um, So that was pretty fun. Um, And so she inspired me to um, re-up my Duolingo account to practice Russia. And then I thought, why just practice Russia? 
I'm going to do French, German, and Greek. So I've learned a lot of things about French. For instance, the slang word homie, H-O-M-M-E, is mm-hmm. it's just the French word for man. Uh, but because the French say none of the words, it's pronounced yeah. om. Om. Um, yeah. Uh, and I've also learned that uh, garçon, the name of the – who does he play for now? I think he plays He's for... some wide receiver in the NFL. I think he the plays, Redskins, maybe? you know, that's my guess, but that might be a team too late. I'll Google it. I think we are a team behind. Anyway, yeah. garçon just means boy in French. And then I thought, huh, that seems... I was just, like, like back-propagating the origin of that last name, and I was like, wow, that seems like... Uh, it was not a yeah, that, term of endearment when mm. that uh, surname was adopted. Anyway. Yep. We are a team behind. He now plays for the San Francisco 49ers. Oof. I'm sorry, Pierre. Anyway, uh, so that's been fun. And I haven't – I've remembered things about Russian. Uh, so anyway, I then went to – I got your snap about um, five guys milkshakes mm-hmm. claiming that peanut butter milkshakes are good so wait you went tried to five one. guys I have I went to five guys again to uh, respond to you but f- let me say some things first remember how twice as many people showed up that we thought were gonna show up yep we ran out of dessert uh, other than grass jelly which is a, a Vietnamese <laughs> dessert uh, that is made from squeezing grass to get some a- extract out. I don't know what kind of grass. Okay, you I was dry about to it, ask that. And then you work that into gelatin and slightly more liquid gelatin to make a very black jello suspended in other black, slightly more liquid jello. And uh, that was the only dessert that I had, and it was – it didn't taste as bad as it looked. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I will um, say grass and jello are two of my least favorite things to consume. Yeah, it tasted like nothing for a long time. And then I was like, oh, maybe you had vanilla three hours ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I went to Five Guys to get dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, because the coffee milkshakes are actually great at Five Guys, unlike wow. the peanut butter ones, which are you know way what? too peanut butter. See, that's what I think it is. But it's a I different think... type of peanut butter. No, yeah, I think that's true. I think the, the peanut butter milkshakes are more authentically peanut butter at Five Guys, and I want them to be artificial as all get out. D- have you seen the peanut butter taste test on GMM? Yep. I feel exactly the same way about peanut butter as Rhett and Link. They try that second one, and Rhett looks at Link and is like, is all peanut butter good? Because they're just spooning peanut butter out of a jar. And I'm like, yo, you guys are living my best life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they try the natural peanut butters and like, no, I understand this is better for me, but I want that unnatural smoothness. Yep, uh, yep. That's exactly what I want from peanut butter. So, But I do like... 
like as natural coffee as I can get. So I think that's why I like the coffee milkshakes at Five Guys. Okay. But anyway, okay. remember those people that were setting up that didn't get any food? Yep. Bam, they were at Five Guys. Uh, so I couldn't send you a snap because I had to eat with them. So I mean, now I'm telling you in, in person ish. That's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. This is just, this is more in person than if you were to send me a Snapchat. Oh yeah, no, definitely. But okay. like I, I could have, I could have, um, reflected your mm-hmm. Snapchat mm-hmm. in my Snapchat. So coffee milkshakes are actually good. Fight me. The peanut butters are this good too, by the way. Nah. Um, so my week sounds very similar to yours, but also very different. I was also okay. at Five Guys. I went to Five Guys on Saturday, I think. Yeah. That's when I got your Snapchat. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let me just go through quickly. Mind Palace. Uh, <laughs> I got you. I don't know if anyone else did. That's okay. Um, what was Friday? Uh, the 18th. Friday night. Friday night, I played That's a scary so video game with some friends. Scary video friends. A video game with friends. Scary oh. video game with friends. Now, I don't really like scary things, but I like my friends, so we went out and hang out with them. Basically, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure, and like depending on like how good you are at controlling characters and then what decisions you make them do changes the course of the game. Was it a, a, that one type of game that I can't remember what it is, but it's mostly just a book that you have quick time response actions to? Yes, but I'm not okay. really sure what you're referring to. There's there's a there's a like game studio that makes just only those types of of video games, but I I don't remember what it's called. Okay, well look at that. Basically, so the problem is is that it asks you questions about things that you don't like or like what you find scary, and then it uses those things to make the game more scary. Um, oh. So that was unpleasant. Um, like in what range? Also, the game lasted, I think we played for maybe like six hours. We, we played, um, let's see, we started at 7.30ish and we didn't end until about 1.30. Um, so yeah, about, about six hours. It was pretty long, but it wasn't, it wasn't too terrible. Oh, it's, um... Uh, Telltale Games. Telltale Games. What what games they made? This game was called Until Dawn. Did they oh, make that game? Uh, maybe they made The Walking Dead. I've I've seen the Honest trailer for Until Dawn. Um, okay. Are you controlling like a bunch of teenagers? Yep. But then we we split it up so each person got to play as a different character essentially. It's not a Telltale game. Okay, that's that's fine. So yeah, we did that. And yeah, didn't get to bed until like two in the morning, so it was long. It was How long. scary was it? Um. So so the it was there was some jump scares. Um, basically, you think that it's like some crazy person that's killing a bunch of people, and it turns out that it's not a scary, a creepy person. It's just like monsters. So that makes oh. it a little less scary, but the monsters are still kind of terrifying. And then it was just kind of like a lot, you saw a lot of people dying 
and there was in a lot gruesome of ways, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen was, the honest trailer. Yeah, so that was that. I was that was the part that I wasn't all that excited about, but it was a good time. I enjoyed spending time with my friends. Saturday. What did I do Saturday? Saturday I slept in. Wow, lame. Well, it was the first time I was able to do that in a long time, so I'm going to enjoy it. Okay. Got breakfast slash brunch. And Not really helping in the lame department. Went shopping. <laughs> wow. Adrian, mm-hmm. you were just like a stereotypical white girl on Saturday? Pretty much. Then I went to Goodwill. Nice. And bought some organ music on vinyl because I needed more organ music in my life. Mm. And then kind of hung that out. Makes and it up had, a little more. We had youth group in the evening. And then after that, I went and played poker with some friends. Wow. So... Maybe less basic white girl by the end of the day. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, but your weekend evenings are just like, wow. It was a great weekend. Okay. Um, God, I didn't have much to do, and then so then how my day was, how my weekend was kind of like yours but very different is that I also was helping out with a friends giving Thanksgiving meal event, but instead of like sixty to one hundred and twenty six people, we had six people. Yeah, I I would not describe ours as a Friendsgiving because I would puke in my mouth before I described anything as Friendsgiving. Okay, wow, you have strong feelings <laughs> about Friendsgiving? I do, yeah. I feel like that shouldn't be shocking. Um, so yeah, we I was in charge of making mashed potatoes and a pumpkin pie. How was that? I add to I added the the pie had too many cloves in it, so it was too clovey. Cloves of what? Um, it's a spice. It's <laughs> no, not like cloves. A... Cloves is like a unit of something. No, Google it. Cloves, I'm Google spice. it right now. No, uh, <laughs> so there's too many cloves. There's too much cloves in there. Um, the mashed potatoes were okay. Um. I didn't have one of those potato mashers. Wow. Wise. I do know what you're talking about. There's, no, that's, cloves turns are out a real cloves thing. Cloves are a real thing. Why do we say cloves of garlic then? Because they also come in cloves. It's, it, uh, the no. clove... The, yes. No, a clove is a flower, according to Google. Um, but anyways, so yeah, we didn't have we didn't have many people there, but... Um, it was still a good time. And then we got to hand out pie to people that were just walking around campus. Nice. So that was fun. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much... And then today is... That was yesterday. Today is Tuesday. We got some snow today. Did you get snow? Oh, yeah, baby. It's been snowing, like, nonstop since... Um, like, Friday, basically. Nice. Uh, but it's just that time of year, you know, that time of year where it doesn't stop snowing for the next three months. Yep. Although this is earlier snow than what I'm used to here in New Hampshire. Well, welcome to Potsdam. It's a snowy fun time. I don't know. 
Well, anyways, let's jump into this episode for real. Yeah, so Charles from Maytown uh, sent us a, a podcast that said, this seems like something that you all should talk about. Uh, so let's talk about that. Uh, I have many strong opinions. Um, do we want to talk about what the podcast is, or do I just want to go f- go guns blazing? Uh, we can maybe talk about what the podcast is, but I don't think we, I, I mean, I, I'll talk a little bit about maybe what the podcast, no, never mind. I'm just, we're just going to go guns blazing. Listen Hooray. to the podcast if you, listen to the podcast if you want. It was pretty good. It was pretty solid. Links I below. actually, what? Just saying where the links are. Oh yeah. And the doobly-doo below. I hadn't actually, this is the first podcast by this guy. What's his name? Albert Moeller. Albert Moeller. He sounds very German, but he's not. He also sounds like he has a voice for radio, so he's got that going for him. This is the first podcast I've ever listened to him, even though like Dad has been telling us that we need to listen to him for. As have Anthony and Alana from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um. So basically, he said he talked about a couple of things that I think that we're going to talk about, which I don't really know what else he wants to talk about, but here are my things that I want to talk about. He talks about narrative a lot. Um. <laughs> Which is a classic thing that we like to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, which is um, why I, I hope that's why Charles said sounds like something you would talk about. Because he's talking about pop culture and how it applies to the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, and then he talks about how we love stories and we love to have narrative when we talk about things. And, we always, and I think we talked about that a little bit maybe like way back in like the lord of the rings episode maybe i don't know i don't remember what happened in the lord of the rings episode to be honest i I remember i talked about lord of the rings a lot though we but there was some episode where we talked about stories in general maybe or maybe i just wanted to but anyways so the question he also talked about the art form of comics and how Mm -hmm. it has been looked down upon as an art form and Stan Lee was a big proponent for it. So I guess my first He was question, talking about the New York Times obituary of Stan Lee. Just, mm-hmm. just for people who don't feel like you're listening to the podcast and want any context at all. Um, so my first question, which is maybe easier to answer, but maybe not, is why do we... I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. But why do... I, but I'm going to. Why do we cool. not enjoy comic books and probably look down upon them as if they were a lower art form? You and I, or people in general? Well, you and I, but also maybe people in general. Um, Speak personally. Okay. Well, first off, um, I, uh, I I listen to Albert Muller in most things, like I watch TED Talks. Um, so, and... Uh, some people have said that um, Albert Muller talks about things that we want to talk about. So if if that's true, I'm coming for the belt, son. I'm coming for the throne. Um, come at me, Albert Muller. Anyway. Wouldn't we be coming at him? <laughs> no, I am asserting that I am on the throne. He's got to come for me. Anyway. Okay, okay. Um... I don't. I don't know. I have. Uh, I have honestly never read a comic book, um, mm. unless you count Calvin and Hobbes. 
Um, what about White Sands? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I forgot about that. White Sands is a graphic novel written by Brandon Sanderson, and uh, I did think it was trash. Um, I don't know if that applies to comics in general, uh, because I like many adaptations of comic books, specifically Daredevil. Um, the new season is out. If I haven't, I'm sure I told people to watch that. It's great. Anyway, so I don't really know if I view it as a lesser art form. Um, I mean, you haven't sought it out. That's true. Uh, and the, the one, White Sands is technically a graphic novel, but my interaction with that has been not very positive. Um, mm. Mostly because I, f- I feel like it's a really limiting way to convey words. Um, so maybe I should. Yeah, I I so I read White Sands, wanting it to be a Brandon Sanderson novel, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that like it was a poor context to be reading it in. So maybe if I read like uh, Watchmen, I would be like, oh, this is great, um, because I'm taking it as it is and like not expecting it to be like a novel. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge that. Mm-hmm. But most people think it's for kids, so. Yeah, and I think too, like I think that we probably limit the amount, like the depth of it, right? When I think about comics, I've uh, also I've, pro- I've never, well, especially I haven't read any Marvel comics, right? Although I was recommended that I should read like the Logan Marvel comics. Which I hear is really good, but I like Old did. Man Logan. Yeah. Um. But I think, like for me, my thought would be that the the type of stories that you could tell. My opinion. I'm not saying this is right because it's probably wrong. But the stories that you could tell with a comic is less deep than a story you could tell with a novel. I think that that's kind of. A, maybe an improper view of the genre that I have. Um, say that again. So, my view of comics is that the form, the art form, if you will, is in and of itself limiting to the story type of stories it can tell, and the 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 depth of the story that it can tell. Um. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I, like, I kind of see it as, um, like, ideally, um, a comic book is the marriage of a play and a movie. Um, right? Or, or like, a painting or something. Because, uh, mm-hmm. as Stan Lee said, as Albert Muller quoted him, if Michelangelo and Shakespeare were alive today... They, and they collaborated on a comic book. Shakespeare would write the dialogue, and Michelangelo would draw it or paint it. Mm-hmm. Like, why would that not be worth reading? Um, so, viewed in its best light, like I, I think it's you're limited in the density of words that you can use. Um, but I think that just makes it more like 
movies and the stories that you can tell and they they're better at being ambiguous um than i don't know books are pretty good at being ambiguous but i i think you can be um more ambiguous in a com like the it lends itself more to that because you have a lower density of words Mm -hmm. and images like you can just look at something and not have to read anything right right. and then that's that's much more subjective Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense okay i'm gonna move on so we can get to maybe a different topic so my next question i had and feel free to ask you a different question if you don't want to get to this question yet but he talks about how as humans narrative is very important to us Mm mm-hmm and so what go go for it so my question is is that i want to bring in another one of our favorite topics and that is is narrative truth and is narrative yeah what drives truth so so if narrative is so important to us as humanity but we have said multiple times on here, I think, that narrative is not truth and that narrative does not derive what is true, that mm-hmm. there's something else that is true. So how do those two ideas kind of work together? Yeah, absolutely. I was literally shocked as I listened to this podcast about what – I was I was just like shocked at what Albert Muller was saying. He, it was so postmodern. I was like – are you like are you serious Albert Muller like how can you unironically differentiate between high and low culture while at the same time just embrace postmodernism mm-hmm. to in uh, just an extreme degree the one thing that made me want to throw up my mind was when he said um human beings are like uh made up of stories they tell or something like that and that's an undisputable fact and i'm like are you kidding me it's an undisputable fact you monster no it's not like like do people not know about genetics like literally like hank john hank green mostly hank likes to say that we're the stories that we tell about ourselves like yourself is the story that you tell about yourself and i'm like no Uh, no what are we like Locke? Of course not. Well, of course we're not blank slates that can just write whatever stories we... We have genetics. Like, our biology affects us. It is mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's part of us. Like, yeah, the narratives that we tell are important, but they're not the the only thing. Like, you can tell a story about yourself, and it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, was, I was just, like, blown away by how embracing of postmodernism he was talking about narratives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, it, yeah, he, he definitely, he didn't say, he didn't combine those two things as I just did in my question, but he was almost there, it seemed like, which... I don't know. I felt like he was saying that the, like, truth is narrative. That like that was the impression that I got from him saying things, especially the end when he was like, from a Christian worldview, like we say, just don't tell the we can enjoy these stories, but tell them to tell them in different ways. And in fact, 
evangelism is the act of telling a new, more truer story. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah. No, wrong. No, that's wrong. Like, I, didn't, I didn't like his phrasing, but I like the idea of what he was saying, which I can clarify more, but go ahead. Like, the, the core of, like, any theism, I hope, is that that's true. Mm-hmm. Not that it is a competing narrative in the landscape of the control of culture. Just the his whole framing of everything is fighting for control of co- culture and whoever has that power is able to shape the world i i just that to me that is a disputable fact and i will dispute it all day every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think so so what i liked about what he was saying wasn't necessarily that it the whole idea of that it is it is more true or something like that which implied that it's not true to begin with is the so so he talks a lot about worldview in general mm-hmm. and so i do think that when he said it basically what he said if you want to change someone's worldview you have to tell them a, a different story which i do think is true i do think like the way that you that you your worldview is changed is if your understanding of what is true changes mm-hmm. and, and you uh, and you that is different you can't you if you try to I, I don't know where this model comes from but there's there's like this model of your how you think or something like that and you have at the very bottom you have your worldview and then you have all these other things that go up from there and if you try to try to change someone's worldview by coming from the top or whatever you're not nothing's going to happen because you just you're just bouncing thoughts off of each other it's like what we've talked about before maybe in politics but if you want to try to change someone's worldview you have to completely subvert all of those things and say here is something that is different and changes what you fundamentally believe is true so what he was saying so i liked what he was saying that the idea of what he was saying is that if you want to change someone's worldview, you have to tell them a better story or, in this case, what is true. Um, but but what, he, what it sounded like he was saying is that we all have these competing true stories and then here's one that's truer than true. Yeah. Or, and I, I hope he didn't mean that, but that's what it sounded like to me. It's like, right. to me, right, Thomas Aquinas says we can only talk about uh, he says God, but I would say like truth through metaphors. Um, so we like we need stories to talk about things that are true, but the stories don't make them true or not. Like you can right. tell you can tell a story about something true poorly, but that doesn't make it not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And or to use what he was talking about, Jesus telling parables, right? The, the the idea that is behind those parables was true before the parable existed. Right. The, the the parable in a story doesn't make what he's saying true. Like, the truth is there. He's using this story to help convey that information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, it, to me, he just, it, he felt like he was giving in to the world of wizards. 
Um, and I, I wanted to clarify on my on my point about wizards that I made like two podcasts ago. Um, mm-hmm. Charles from Pittsburgh also texted me, and He's not from Pittsburgh. What? Charles from Maytown texted me and said, "Hey." Uh, you should check out this podcast that I sent you because they, they say Trump is the best communication wizard of our times. And I was like, mm, that's not what I mean when I say, like, I don't mean wizard metaphorically when I say people are wizards. I mean people are literally wizards. Like, dead serious, if we live in this world of nebulous truths where one, like, telling a better story makes that story true – Everyone is literally a wizard, um, not metaphorically, because uh, people are using their words and power to construct what is reality. And mm-hmm. to me, that makes you a wizard. So everyone's a Be- wizard. Because literal wizards can use their words to conjure things in the real world. Right. I don't, I don't know what else would distinguish you as a wizard. I don't know. That could use a Google search, maybe. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, to clarify, I think everyone is literally a wizard if we ascribe to the worldview that says all reality is competing narratives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, it like, that is a competing narrative. Um, like, when he says that uh, we're founded on narrative... That is also a story that we're telling about ourselves. What do you mean by that? Like, um, like to to say that we're fundamentally oriented towards narrative. To me, is a narrative. How so? Do you, do you not think that is true? Um. I don't know if I would say we're fundamentally oriented towards narrative. I think we like narrative. Um, but, like, people have said that we're also just, like, machines of biological programming. Um, so I don't, like, I don't think either of those is entirely true, but I don't think either of them is not true. Okay. Like, every everything's more complex than one answer mm-hmm. so yeah I, I I don't really think that that's what he was saying I, I mean I don't think that he would want us to take that away from what he's saying probably. oh no I hope not either but that is absolutely what I took away from it um, right. so maybe I was just reading um, reading into it uh, biasly um but I, mean, I, 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 I feel like if anyone was going to, I don't know, maybe I'm not, because I thought he said really obvious things about the Atlantic in a different podcast that I listened to. So maybe I was not completely unbiased. Um, but, but I think, too, regardless of what his meaning is, he's still using the terminology of the day, I guess. Which I think is yeah, which I think is dangerous. It's a dangerous game to play because as soon as you start doing that, 
it's almost as if you are saying that it's okay. Yeah, and I, and I think like right now we're seeing the biggest reaction, like the biggest like popular uh, post postmodern moment right now because of President Trump. Mm-hmm. So I like I I think that I because I don't believe the tenets of postmodernism like shouldn't we embrace that it's not narrative that defines the world that they're like the the article that the the title is is uh stanley made a generation of true believers or something it's Mm -hmm. not that he's he's like their point is he's telling these stories well the the original person wrote the article and he's saying no he's telling good stories he's just telling like we just need better stories that's what it seems like Mm -hmm. but like why not just say like it's not just stories trying to one-up each other it's what's true Mm -hmm. and i think there's a movement towards that in large culture or like there's much more awareness of that that is, that is pointing towards what is true, or that it is. A no, there, story like there's a larger true. awareness of the the emptiness of saying that truth is defined by narrative. So you're saying that people are realizing that that doesn't make sense, or what? Are you yeah, saying? yeah, I'm saying people realize that doesn't make sense when, like, Trump says he has okay. the largest inauguration crowd in history, and it's just like. No, you don't. I'm tracking what you're saying. But he so keeps now, saying that. Right. So this idea that narrative has defined reality has been going on for, I don't know how long. Um, it really took off in like the 70s, 80s. Okay, so even longer than what I was about to say. But okay, it took off in literary theory in the 70s and 80s. People haven't been faced with the absurdity of it until Trump and how Trump and and, and how the things that he has has been saying and declaring as true are just so so beyond it it, it takes a so I think what is attractive about the idea is that I can be I can be and do whatever I want and I I am allowed to be uh, yeah, I, I think that's the, that is the goal. I think it's okay. obviously attractive. We're wizards in that world, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but I see. So okay, I'm now finally following what you're saying. Great. So now because of Trump, we have we are faced with this monumental just roadblock where we now realize, hey, this does. So the problem is, we want to say it doesn't apply to Trump. But then we can't say that it doesn't apply to Trump because then it doesn't apply to me. And yeah. And that becomes a problem. Right. Like, to me, postmodernism is fine existing in the world until people take it seriously. Um, and then you end up with, like, right now, uh, mm-hmm. where, like, about like, – so, like, the the Florida recount, just with no basis at all, both – I think Scott Pruitt and Trump said, 
hey, massive invasion of false votes happening in Florida. We can't accept this. Go with election day results. That's just, that's not true. Uh, and if people believe that instead of what's true, it breaks down like the foundations that we've built mm-hmm. American democracy on. Mm-hmm. And, and I think just like how we understand each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the most extreme version of my, uh, this world of wizards is not mm-hmm. that we're, we're wizards interacting with each other, but that everyone is their own pocket universe. Um, where their perception creates the universe. Mm. And so if someone else has a different perception, uh, and everyone does have a different perception because we're different people and right. we, we like can't be co-located. So anyway, <laughs> that's like a, a really lame, but like we've had different experiences and we tell different stories right, right. about ourselves. Anyway. Our eyes are also in different locations. So then if the, you, my perception is my reality, none of us are in the same reality. Mm-hmm. So that just like breaks down everything that connects us to each other until we're in our own pocket universes um, that we should be able to fully control. Um, so that's why I kind of like the wizard model better because I, I think it explains the the like increasing need for not need for but increasingly perceived need for violence to um stop opposing narratives right because if so just to clarify that you're not asking for more violence but i'm going to clarify your thought right so thank you in the in the event that austin and i can both declare what is true independent of each other and independent of the rest of the universe if i want to have all the power and authority i have to stop austin from speaking yeah because he has the ability to to do and say anything if i'm a stronger wizard than you right which is going to lead to violence Mm -hmm. either you need to be a proponent of violence in general either you need to be more powerful as a wizard or Mm. you just circumvent the whole wizard thing and just you know, do what knights do and go out and defeat wizards. Right. So, yeah, I th- I think, do you have any, I, I'm going to kind of wrap it up and, and answer kind of what I think that maybe he should have said in this podcast, which may okay, have been good. I think I think the way that he should have done it, I think the way that is maybe a better I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to claim that I am a good evangelist or anything, but I think a better way that what he could have said is that is that these are stories and these are narratives about people in real life and trying to deal with them, and they don't show a complete picture of what life and truth is. But there are things in it that are good and point to things that are true, mm-hmm. and so this isn't the story, but it's pointing to something that is the the true story. And so like, how can you, how can we take, I mean, there's like, that's, that's almost like, I think that's what's good about stories in general. It's, it's not about this story is true. It's about 
this story contains things that are truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that is what calls us to to find that truth and look for something greater. And and then so like even if I think about like like C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, right? Both of them are telling, and the Chronicles of Narnia and Lord of the Rings are telling stories. C.S. Lewis is telling a, a much <laughs> the story he is telling is very allegorical. It, it, it mm-hmm. it's like almost completely allegorical and so it, it is directly pointing to that truth but if you look at the lord of the rings it's it tolkien even says it's not allegorical he says he hates allegory right but he hates allegory in the sense of true allegory but he doesn't in the sense of like telling a story that points to truth or because his story does point to truth there's so many things within his story that is pointing to these greater true things that that are yeah, that that is what we're all kind of looking for, I think, and why we all do love stories is because they do point to those truths, whether they completely get it right or not. There are things there that are pointing to those things. So I, I think that's that's what I would say we should take away from from Marvel comics or Marvel movies or just stories in general. It's not that the story is true and the story is good or we need to tell good stories. Is we need to say, hey. Why do we like this? What are the things in this that like gets our attention and like challenges us? And what mm-hmm. is that pointing to? That and that's the, the truth that's outside of the story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is why I had a maybe an argument with Anthony and Alana from Pittsburgh over this summer about mm-hmm. fiction versus nonfiction. Um, cause I was saying that to me by a biographies are frustrating because they're constrained to real life um so what i like about fiction is it can put you into um imaginary uh worlds and imaginary circumstances or like more extreme circumstances which i think can do a better job of distilling truth so to me the whole like they told a good story. Let's tell a better story. Is just like, it's like making cotton candy. You take syrup, and you just like blow it up into this big spinning mass, and you want to have the biggest, coolest blob of cotton candy. But what I want to do is is really the opposite, and take take that and like crystallize the sugar, um, so you can see the true structure, um, and the the beauty there. It's like, so it's not telling a better story it's like yeah distilling the truth from the story mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because yeah i i don't think we're ever going to be able to say tell the truth so how do we get as close as we can to that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and not the truth is in the story but the truth is it's greater story, it's greater than any story could be right this the story only exists because the truth existed before it mm-hmm. and i think that we're, we've turned it around at this point. right right so like going back to your analogy like to me worldview is on top of truth mm-hmm. um or, or should be um not worldview is on top of worldview 
like you can't have just worldview all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, you need truth to actually make it so it's not completely absurd, uh, right. which I I think clearly the like the post-truth, which is really just that's just like postmodernism. Mm-hmm. That's that the that's the point of postmodernism. Um, I think has only been proved to be absurd in the last three years. Um, so let's take stock of that. And, uh, yeah. So I don't, I, I'm probably misattributing these things to Albert Muller. Uh, but I listened to the podcast twice and I came away with the same thing both times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I think I think he's he's getting at a good idea, and I think what he believes and what he's trying to say is is good and true. But I I still would be wary about using the the wording and the phrasing that he used because it seems those are I think those are important. It's important to stay strong on those things because that's mm-hmm. where things become wishy-washy and they blur the lines and i think that that especially when we're trying to tell people that truth exists like that's something that we can't really be willing to waver on yeah yeah it's like my if you remember my theoden analogy um like he defeats saruman by just like rejecting his premise entirely and standing mm-hmm. firm in what he knows to be true, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's what I think we should go for. And what Stan Lee should be rightly affirmed in is um, making characters more true to life mm-hmm. and more human. Right, which is particularly impressive when he's writing about people who are superhuman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to talk about, Austin, or is that pretty much hit it? Um, Albert Muller, call me up. I got thrown now, <laughs> and uh, I'm blown up. Do we need like a champion's belt for you to yeah. hold over your head? No. Yeah, we do. I have one right now. You Just can't tell the it. difference. Yeah. <laughs> I could, for all you know, dear listeners. Mm, so good. Well. Austin, do you have any recommendations for us on this Thanksgiving week? Yeah. Uh, so this past week, I was embarrassed by not having read a book. So I uh, I only read one, <laughs> like a slacker. And it was um, Death Comes to the Archbishop by Willa Katha. Um, it, was, it was interesting. So I was watching some old Vlogbrothers videos where John Green was telling us his favorite books that he feels like no one has read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willa Cather um, is the author's name. And uh, he said that Death Comes to the Archbishop is the most important book about religion in America. So I said, oh, I'll check that out. Well. So I did. I don't, I don't, maybe. Um, reflecting on it, I haven't read a lot about I haven't read a lot of books about religion in America, mm-hmm. um, but it's 
it was weird because it was historical fiction. So I was completely out of my depth. It was about Catholic bishops taking over the... Oh, no. I hit play on an autobook. That's my bad. Um, archbishops taking over the diocese, diocese in the southwestern newly United States after it had been won from Mexico in the Mexican-American War. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it was like a very... It was a much like gentler exploration of some of the themes of silence but not the ones about like the the silence of god but as like as a missionary what is your role um like should you force people to abandon their traditional practices um to adopt normal catholic modes of living as mm-hmm. you see it or like how much do you accommodate traditional practices um but with a lot less people being killed and there are some people being killed but a lot less than silence and uh it's a lot less intense than silence is but if i'm talking about you in the same sentence as silence that's pretty good um and then i watched a movie called first reformed um by the same guy who wrote Taxi Driver and The Last Temptation of Christ, if you're mm-hmm. familiar with either of those two movies. I'm not. Um, and it was about Ethan Hawke playing a reverend of a reformed church in upstate New York, real upstate New York, so just like just like Albany, basically. Mm-hmm. Um and he meets this guy who is a like radical climate change activist mm-hmm. um and things happen and it's like an exploration of him and like what should we do about climate like him trying to to grapple with this and um the really his church's reliance on um people who like pollute the environment mm-hmm. uh it gets really strange at the end but i liked it a lot um yeah i thought it was really good it was also it it reminded me i'm also going to compare this to silence in the way that the story's told it's like a very isolated minister mostly narrating his own story um so just that which is 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 actually a very common structure for books about priests for some reason Mm -hmm. um but anyway i thought it was good nice it's 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 strange and really intense but I think that about myself sometimes as well. So I think that's, that kind of fits in the vein of the stories that I tell about myself. So You couldn't see his eyes rolling when he said that. On the, yeah, on the, I hope on you got it in the inflection, but my vocal inflections leave some things to be desired. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it runs in the family. Um, 
Yeah, so my recommendation... I forgot to recommend this last week because I forgot that I had watched it, but then I remembered it for this week, so I'm going to recommend it anyways. So two two weeks ago, I watched the movie Coco. Oh. Very different than the movie that Austin recommended. Yeah. Although, did anybody die in the movie that you were in? Uh, yes. Some people died in this movie, too. But it's more cartoony. Um... <laughs> First Reformed is not a cartoon at all, so... No, no, no. This one is a cartoon. It follows a um, young Mexican man. He's a boy. Um, who is experiencing the Day of the Dead with his family. And he loves music, but his family hates music. Mm, Are you, classic. Have you seen movie? I have not, no. Because, I've heard it's great, though. Because many generations passed. I do know the plot, but... So everything that I'm telling you? <laughs> what? <laughs> His great-great-grandmother was... Uh, She's Coco, right? Yes. No. Oh. Coco is his great-great-great-grandmother's daughter. I don't know if I had enough greats in there, but she's old. Okay. <laughs> so Coco's father is a musician and they he leaves the family so oh. it causes all of these problems and that's why they hate music, hate music mm-hmm, never mm-hmm. to be done and then little i don't know what the main character's name is i was gonna call him coco but that's wrong i in the same way that i wanted to call the bird from rio Rio. oh <laughs> 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 uh, i can't believe we watched rio too <laughs> i can anyways um why do I like the movie? Why do I recommend it? I think I think that it has, it's a good story. I think that it has enough twists and turns to keep you guessing. Um, especially if you don't think too hard about stories in general. Um, His name is Miguel. Miguel. Um, because it, it is kind of predictable, but it's also it's got some it's got some good twists and turns. Um but on the side of what the story is teaching, um, I think there is a pretty good story of forgiveness. I was taking away thoughts of forgiveness in this in this mm. movie. I'm not sure if that's what it's trying to get across. I think it, it, it might be trying to get across that it's like, be who you are even if your family doesn't love you or something like that. But <laughs> that um, maybe that's what it is. But I think that it's really about forgiveness, um, because really every there is reconciliation and forgiveness, even for the people who have died, because it's about the Day of the Dead, and there's lots of dead people in it, and people being reunited. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought it was good. I recommend it. It's got some great music. Um, yeah. Uh, also, the animation is really good. There were people sitting behind me when I was watching it, and there was just like ooing and aahing over all the animation because apparently they like did it with real people or something when they're playing guitars. I don't know. Oh. My second recommendation is for Mumford and Sons' new album Delta. Hit the wow. stores. I did not know they had a new album. Yeah, hit the stores. That's what I was listening to when I was playing Bubble Spinner today. Did you guys nice. Ask that? Uh, I saw you were listening to something, but I did not notice it was by Mumford & Sons. Yeah, Mumford & Sons. Yeah. Um, 
Um, I haven't listened. I've listened to it through all the way once. Um, but it's good. I really like it. Um, the first half of the album is like super solid. Second half, it kind of gets a little like what is happening, but I kind of really like it feel. Um, but yeah, it's just really good. Probably because I just love Mumford and Sons. But it's also very uh, rare that I listen to an album once and like it a lot. So maybe it's going to turn out to be bad. Maybe it's going to be good. I don't know. Um, I have high hopes for it. Um, I also think that I... Maybe this, again, goes back to what I was saying about like stories pointing to actual truths. But for some reason, I love Mumford & Mumford and Sons, especially because they... Marcus Mumford grew up in a Christian background, but then left that. And maybe this sounds bad, but for some reason I love music that comes out of that. Maybe, the, I don't know, maybe that's terrible. But I just feel like there's... And, and it's probably because of that reason, right? I think, like, the writing music that is about true to life and about real people and things that are happening, but there's also these underlying things that keep pointing back to that greater truth that's outside of those stories. Mm -hmm. Um... And I don't know. I think it makes for really good music. No, I stand. I stand by that because I, I feel like, for many people, it's because of searching for God and feelings of hypocrisy, um, which I think are both fine things. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, check it out, Mumford and Sons Delta. I'm not really sure what Delta means in it. I'm still trying to figure that out. Hmm. It's uh, the end of a river. Or the difference between two things. Yeah. Maybe both. Maybe both. But, yeah, that's all I have for today. Anything else, Austin? Um, I had something to say, but I forget what it is now. Was it about Miguel or... Uh, no. Or Thanksgiving? Have a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. here, okay, here's here's what it was. I, I, I just, it makes me sad that so many people are like, oh, we have to suffer through Thanksgiving, and uh, we're going to get in an argument with our alt-right uncle, and, like, here's things to deflect people from talking to you at all for Thanksgiving, and I'm like, oh, that's sad. Um, so I'm going to end this podcast the way somebody... Micah Cohen, I think, from 538 ended their political podcast. I love my family. I love Thanksgiving. It's great. It's it's a wonderful time. Even when you have to talk to your alt-right uncle. I don't... Okay, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, like, there's there's no reason politics should... Okay, maybe there are reasons that politics should drive people apart, but families should be, like, there should be more important things uh, to us than politics. I think family is one of them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, hopefully you get to enjoy your your time with your family. Hopefully you already did, yeah. listeners. Or you still are. Yeah. Or if you're Black Friday shopping, I hope you haven't been trampled to death because that would be sad. kind of a bummer. I would be sad. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Yep. We'll see you next week. Merry Thanksgiving. <laughs>